Hey, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Women's Social Club chapters are open now in Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Miami, New York City, Pasadena, California, Wilmington, North Carolina, with multiple chapters in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. If you're in those cities, come join us at thewomensocialclub.co. And if you don't hear your location, visit our website and click start your own chapter. We'll see you soon and let's get to the show. Gaining the confidence to feel secure that, yes, this is happening. Yes, I'm making it work. Yes, I can have a voice in this room or this conversation is not easy. I think it is, especially when you start something young too, I think you second guess yourself a lot because you're like, well, I've only been working for five years before I started this company, right? Like, what do I really know? And the fact of the matter is you don't know anything, Uh, but no one does when they start something. So I'm a hustler, dreamers, love dealers, I'm that kind of girl. Work hard, play hard, for my own heart, might just rule the world. Welcome to the Women's Social Club, a women supporting women group where we make it easier to connect with new friends and our communities while supporting our local women-owned businesses. I'm Hannah Weisberg, founder and CEO of WSC, and today we're talking about mentorship, creating a positive corporate culture, and having the confidence to make it all work. Our guest is Molly Baker, founder and CEO of Indie Consulting, a Raleigh and New York-based digital marketing company that's female-run and led. Seriously, if you go to the team page on their website, there are 11 faces, all women. She's an inspiration to all of us who want to support other women. She's done a lot on her own, but Molly had help along the way. I also had an incredible first boss. I got so lucky. She was like a digital marketing vet and had been working in the space for a long time and took me under her wing, honestly. And I am still grateful for that to this day because I think I had an opportunity to learn so much in my first like three years of working that I wouldn't have had if if she wasn't, you know, my leader at the time. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. I feel like especially as women, um, that's hard to find. Yeah. I had really great mentors um, for my starting out as well, um, but they were all men. The couple of women that I've worked for that stick out in my mind um, weren't really nurturing. You know, it was very much a competitive environment. So it's encouraging to see what can happen when we do take each other under our wings and like help guide that next generation. No, absolutely. And when I interviewed with her, it was like a series of five interviews and she was the last one. And I was so nervous because I knew she was, she was like the VP of the department, right? So I came in, she starts asking me all these questions. I didn't have great answers. And she was like, all right, just stop. Like put your, put your pen and notebook down this is what you need to say to get this job, basically. And she, like, gave me the formula for, like, things, how I should respond to questions. And then she was like, all right, well, it was great to meet you. And she just walked out of the room. And then I got the job. And Oh, I, my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So it was a very unique <laughs> experience. And then I was reporting directly into her, which was also such a cool opportunity. So 
she really was just like a fairy godmother kind of looking out. So yeah. Oh my gosh. So going through this and in the process of learning and really getting to immerse yourself in the marketing world, did you always know that you wanted to start your own agency or did that sort of just evolve over time? I always knew I wanted to start a company. I just wasn't sure what it was going to look like. And for some reason, I just thought it would happen later in life. I had this like, when I turn 40, that's when I'm going to start a business. You know, I don't know why we put these timelines in place, but we do. Um, And when I left my, I was at Ben & Jerry's prior to starting Indie. And when I left that job, the opportunity felt like it was there. So I was like, all right, well, the marketing services world needs a refresh. The way that it's being done right now is not suiting big businesses, small businesses. Uh, and it's so, there was like a lack of intimacy when with client services or within the client services space. So it felt like the moment and I figured, well, why not? I guess I'll give it a shot. And you know, you're like, I'll try it for a year and see if it works yes. out. And here we are five years later. So yeah, it just felt like the right the right opportunity and moment to try. So when you were putting together your sort of business plan and ideas for starting the agency, what were sort of the most important values to you when you were thinking about building out your team? You say intimacy was a big factor and that lack of like real relationship between, you know, the agency and the client. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to create something that was more hands-on and take the time to understand, for my team to understand the clients and the people that we're working with uh, and really lead with empathy and how we work with our clients and also communicate with the end users that we're marketing to as well. And I think idealistically, I wanted Indie to be something that enabled people to live the life that they wanted to live versus being a blocker. I think so often jobs and careers are like positioned as a hindrance for in people's lives. And it shouldn't be like that. Like it should be a place where we can be curious and learn and hopefully make money to do things we like doing outside of work. So the reality of that is, of course, challenging to make sure that you're doing it the right way. But that was the goal from the beginning was to let the choices sit with the employees and how they wanted to show up. But that, you know, it was about creating connections first and foremost. And we noticed that your team is fully female. Was that intentional? Not necessarily. I wanted to have a female leadership team and we do have that. And then as we've been growing and hiring, it just the most qualified candidates have all been women. So, you know, we've had some men in and out over the past few years, but we have been a primarily women-led team from the beginning. And it's unique, I think. You don't typically see it. And I do think that it's been really beneficial for us um, to be positioned in that way as well. And marketing is very much a storytelling industry. So having intimacy in that relationship with clients, I feel like is the bread and butter of being a sh- having a strong marketing campaign. Um, I feel like women are naturally just so well-suited for storytelling um, and being relationship-based. So I can see how naturally and organically it would just be a fit for for women in this role. And it's helpful to see that 
I think for me, I didn't have a lot of women to look up to when I was coming up, especially entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. All of the entrepreneurs I knew were men. Yeah. Um, And I would walk into the room and sort of soak up everything. But when you don't see yourself there, it is weird. You do put these blockers like you were like, when I'm 40, I'll start my Mm -hmm. business. (laughs) And the reason I think we do that is because that's what we see, right? When we don't have you know, a vision and something in front of us showing us any different. So totally, it's encouraging to see that. And for you, what does a positive company culture look like? Hopefully it's a place of learning and collaboration. I think as the team has grown and, you know, in the first year, it was just me on my own. So like having that experience of really being an individual I think emphasized how important it is to have a team and have people that you can t- toss ideas off of and create different you know ways of working together. Um, so I think that collaboration and team structure is something that creates a better workplace in in my mind. And yeah, just really hopefully curiosity and like a, an interest in learning. I think that that makes it whenever things are not stagnant. I think that it creates a better environment for everyone. Yes. And having a policy where you're free to ask questions if Mm -hmm. you don't fully understand. Absolutely. Because that makes you stronger. It makes your team stronger. And when you do have that collaborative environment, that's when the real kind of magic happens. You're not holding anything back because you're not having to pretend and fake it till you make it, Mm -hmm. um, especially with your team. So and being a solopreneur, I fully appreciate that. Um, I have my team of chapter directors and ambassadors, and they really take the lead with our our chapters and running and building those. And I'm still very much in the business part of it by myself, like marketing mm-hmm. and doing a lot of that. Hopefully before the end of this year, that will change. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> so I can actually be out of the day-to-day yeah. and be able to be growing the business in a bigger way. But there's something special about knowing how to do every job. Because Definitely. then when you have a team and people do have questions or even ideas of how to enhance it, you understand because you've done it. Totally. So it's a different perspective than if someone's coming to you with ideas about something you have no understanding or appreciation for. Yeah, no, absolutely. So throughout your career growth, has there been anything that's impacted you in terms of like personal life? So has your work life ever impacted your personal life or vice versa, your personal life affected your career? I mean, I think I'd be lying if I said no, right? (laughs) I mean, I I think yes in both scenarios. I think that positively my work life has helped me be better in my personal life in a lot of ways. I think that starting a company and going out on your own just forces you to really look at yourself and areas that you need to improve upon. And it's like a microscope, I think, on you as a person. So having that lens and clarity and like really taking accountability for the things that I have to work on, I think has carried over into my personal life as well. And then, you know, staying present is something that I actively have to spend a lot of time on. And I think 
my personal life probably had been negatively impacted early on because I was just thinking about the business all the time. And I do still think about the business all yes. the time, but trying to be really in the moment when I'm with my family or with my boyfriend or friends and put my phone away, like nothing's crazy is going to happen for two hours yes. uh, is something that I've, I've really been trying to work on because I want to be able to show up for everybody. And I think that it's possible if you're disciplined about it, but that is a is an ongoing effort for sure. Yes, I agree with that. It is so hard to, especially when everything is riding. I mean, when your well, mm-hmm. well-being is relying on this business. And one thing that's tricky is when your identity becomes your business or yeah. your business becomes who you are to yourself mm-hmm. and you have no identity outside of that. Like your self-worth, yeah. um, everything is reliant on how the business is doing today. And that can be a dangerous, tricky road to go down. But yeah, it is a daily thing where it is an active decision mm-hmm. to be like, okay, I'm with my my family and my friends today. So I'm going to be with them. Right. There's nothing that could happen that is life or death. Thankfully, <laughs> I don't work in that kind of exactly, industry. Exactly. So. Like it's not that crazy. Yes. And I'm sure you felt this too, like, especially early on, the way that the business grows is directly tied to how much work and effort you're putting into it. So you get into this place where you're like, well, if I take a day or a few hours, then we're not going to close this deal next week, or we're not going to get to this size by the end of the quarter. And that's okay too. Like it all doesn't have to happen overnight. So that's been something I've been working on as well. Yes. I think my turning point was we took a vacation recently and I was like, well, I'm just going to book like a couple of meetings like while we're there Mm -hmm. since we're going to be there. (laughs) And it ended up being a full on snowball where the entire trip I was working and I'm not just talking like regular working. I was ping ponging everywhere and then meeting up with my family in between. Mm -hmm. And it was a dumpster Mm -hmm. fire. They had a fabulous time. And you probably didn't have a fabulous time. No. And I was just trying to like get through it. Right. And that was the the point when I think I recorded like a stories on Instagram with it. I was sitting on the floor in the hotel bathroom and I was like, okay, so something has to change. (laughs) I need to make some adjustments here. Yeah. I cannot be the only one. And (laughs) since that moment, it has been an active decision where, okay, like this is not what I want my life to look like. Mm -hmm. And let me just test out if I start being more efficient because there are things you can do where you don't have to be working 24-7, but you're getting the same amount of work done. Mm -hmm. So working smarter, not harder is is the goal. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Work in progress. Yes. So what for you has been the hardest challenge to overcome to date, either personally or professionally? Um, It's a hard question. I think professionally, just gaining the confidence to feel secure that, yes, this is happening. Yes, I'm making it work. Yes, I can have a voice in this room or this conversation. It's not easy. I think it is, especially when you 
start something young too, I think you second guess yourself a lot because you're like, well, I've only been working for five years before I started this company, right? Like, what do I really know? And the fact of the matter is you don't know anything, Uh, but no one does when they start something. I think that it, it's starting something new is new. Like that, that is what it is. And that means that there's no playbook for it or steps to follow. But I think that getting to a place where I'm not second guessing myself a lot, it's probably taken me five years to get to that. Like I feel just now I'm like, okay, like I can make these decisions and feel confident about them and not stay up all night thinking, well, was that the right thing to do? Uh, But I think it's just, it's a hard thing to feel comfortable with. I don't know if it's easier for some people. I would, I'm making the assumption that it's not. I think it's hard for everybody, but because making decisions quickly is so important when you're running a company that I have let things stall sometimes because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And now I feel like just more confident on that front, which has been really helpful. Have there been any tips or tricks or kind of breakthrough moments where it's helped build your confidence or? Anything you can recommend to our listeners to try when when they're in those moments to practice? I think someone gave me this advice once that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to act like one. And that means taking risk, which means it's better to make a decision than to not make one at all. And even if it's the wrong decision, you can fix it. But it's better than just sitting with it for too long because that will inherently cause more damage. So I think as I've started applying that more, usually the decision that you make isn't wrong because you put thought into it and you map out the pros and cons, et cetera. But if it is, then you make adjustments again. And that's at least you're progressing and moving forward with that. Uh, So I think that that has just helped to a decision is better than no decision. And I feel like my confidence has grown just by acting in that way. That makes sense. And We have similarly gone through a big, I mean, not big because we were kind of doing it anyway, but we've pivoted the business for the Women's Social Club where we used to have ticketed events. So members would pay a membership fee and then our tickets for our events would be um, at a discount for members, but then visitors could come. And what I kept feeling, like you're saying, with that entrepreneurial spirit, it's like in your gut, you're like, I feel like something's off Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to make this better, but this doesn't feel like how I want it to feel. And I kept feeling like this ticketing system was like a barrier to entry, sort of. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't buy tickets to go hang out with friends. (laughs) (laughs) I will pay $10 to go hang out with you. So it's it's been um, so refreshing over the past couple of weeks talking with my team and running ideas by them. It's built a lot of confidence in myself because it's affirmed, like, trusting my gut. Mm -hmm. And even though no one was technically saying anything out loud, the minute I brought this up, it was like everyone just, like, loosened their bra straps a little. And we're all like, oh, God, yes, I'm glad. Like, someone's saying it. Yes. And so that's something where you were saying, practicing, making a decision. Mm -hmm. Every little decision does build that confidence within yourself. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, I think just indecision and being paralyzed by overanalyzing things 
is something that women, I think we struggle with a lot because we want whatever decision we make to be the right one and it to be perfect and look great from Mm -hmm. the outside and not ruffle any feathers. Mm -hmm. But I've learned just as much from the wrong decisions than the right ones. Absolutely. And I've made some wrong decisions and you learn a lot from those. So, it, and then you look back and you're like, well, that was a very important lesson for me to learn. So I agree though. I think that indecisiveness and just like option paralysis really gets the best of people sometimes. And it's like, just jump off the cliff and then you can figure out what's next, right? Yes. So leading into our next question, how have you changed the most over the last year? Over the last year, I mean, I think similar to what we were talking about, I feel just ready for more action. And I think, you know, we have a really good thing going and we've had a lot of great growth over the past four years now. But how we grow moving forward isn't going to look the same as what it took us to get to where we are now. And being okay with that and feeling confident that that's a good thing, I think I just feel it's more clear to me about what needs to happen next and than probably ever before. I just have more clarity around it and I think confidence around it, which is a really good feeling. So I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, yes. but I think just owning – own. I have a, a business coach who tells me a lot, like, you need to just own who you are and where you are. And he was like, you don't do that enough. Like, you're, like, making excuses or not making excuses but trying to justify it or – not let people see it. And he's like, just own it. Like, yes. wh- And that's okay. Like you're just where you're supposed to be. And I think that that is something that I feel so much more comfortable with now than I had in the past. That's amazing. And it's encouraging to hear. So what is one thing that you or your business has accomplished so far that you didn't expect? So I think, you know, the marketing services world is there's so many marketing firms and people that do similar things to what we do or variations of what we do. And as I mentioned before, I think that, you know, the people piece is the part that I'm most passionate about and interested in. And when clients give us feedback that we made their team better, that's like the best feedback that we can get, right? Like that, like, I'm so excited when that happens. I'm like, this is this is it. Like yes. we can create amazing marketing campaigns and we have very talented people on our team. But if we've truly left something better than we found it, that's that's the main goal in my mind. So I think you start with this vision of what that looks like, but it feels intangible. And then when you start getting that type of feedback, you're like, oh, wow, this is like actually working. Yes. Uh, and that Not that I didn't think we could accomplish it, but I think that's just been the thing I'm most proud of. Is there anything that you've heard other sort of quote-unquote experts say in your field that you disagree with? The marketing space is so buzzy all the time, right? It's like always the next big thing. Like, you know, TikTok to the cookie-less future to what's happening next with connected TV. And I think it's easy to get lost in the sauce in this space. So trying to just simplify and ground our partners and the work that we do is a huge part of what I think has to happen daily. And I think at least a lot of peers in this space, I mean, you know, everyone was talking about like NFTs for so long and what that was going to mean for marketing. And it's like, it's interesting, but 
not every brand needs to have an NFT. Let's not get carried away. Yes. So I think I try to like reel it back in a lot and just come back to like, what are we trying to accomplish and how are we trying to make people feel? And then we can find a million different ways to do that. But I think it's it's easy to feel like you're behind in this space. And I think as long as you're tuned in and you don't get carried away in the latest and greatest, you're probably actually better off. Yes. Marketing is so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially because there's this fine line, right? Because you have to be up to date on the trends right? because with algorithms and just people seeing and being interested in what yeah. you're, how you're presenting what you have to offer them to them and then being receptive to it, it is buzzy and like that changes. But at the same time, like what you were saying, like staying true to who you are as a business, totally. your mission. It is hard though. So I can see how having a firm, hopefully one day, very soon we can afford to hire. I will definitely be coming to you first <laughs> because I I need a team. Um, because you go down this rabbit hole of yeah. comparison. Oh yeah. Every oh, all my the God. time. And yeah, you it's like, see this other doing? company yeah. and you're yeah. like, but they're doing this really cool thing. But maybe that makes sense for them, right. even right. if they're in a similar space. Yeah. Like, but they have a different focus. Mm -hmm. So how do you help sort of real clients in or help them define their goals? Yeah. I mean, we start always with the business objectives and the business goals and try to get really clear about that. And we do discovery, like three weeks, two to three weeks of discovery work whenever we start any new projects so that we can really get to know the businesses that we're working on. And we'll never know them as well as the, our clients do, right? But I think having a real understanding of what the objectives are is so important because otherwise there is no North Star and you're just going to get swept up in the, in the trends. Uh, and then from there, we have like specific frameworks that help us then figure out, okay, if this these are the business goals, then what are our marketing goals underneath that? And then how do we then map the right platforms and tactics back to those goals? And everything should be taken with some sort of test and learn approach because you never really know. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's enough data out there today that you can at least get a sense of how people are engaging or interacting or buying off of what you're showing. So having that not making the assumption that, oh, we know exactly what this person wants to see, but giving some variations and options I think is so important because you don't know what people are going to find most interesting. So Yes. And it's funny because we'll A-B test different things, different looks, different, different patterns on different platforms. And it's funny because the one I feel like you put the least thought and effort <laughs> yeah. into always wins. It's true. <laughs> it is very true. That is always what happens, especially in today. Oh my age. gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, that's a curveball I wasn't expecting. Yes. So, yeah. Like I will literally create a piece of content to go in between another like couple of pieces yeah. just as filler. And that one will be the one that sticks <laughs> and converts the highest yeah. like return. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So I love that approach. I think, yes, just being super clear on your mission. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of answered a little bit of this, but what is your favorite part and your least favorite part of your job? So definitely people facing, that mm -hmm. seems to be your favorite is there like a, a least favorite 
even if it's just like, you know, your to-do list that yeah. every week on a certain day you have to do this and you're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was, uh, the least favorite is uh, there's just so much admin and paperwork mm. that comes along with building a company that I had no idea about, right? Like you're like, oh, this is going to be great and everyone's going to be remote and they're going to live all over the country and I mean, I'm sure you face this. The mm -hmm. paperwork alone just to have employees in multiple states is unbelievable. And there are such antiquated systems. So everything's coming in the mail and you're scanning stuff. And it's just. Yes. Oh, it's the worst part. It is it's a nightmare. And it never ends. No, it never ends. It's just. There's no like, no. once we get this done. Oh, no. Then we'll be out of the weeds. No. No. Never. <laughs> it's just more and more and more. And then there's like all, you know, then we are working with like an HR consultancy right now. And they're like, oh, well, there's these six other things that I didn't even know existed, you know, that we have to have in place from a compliance perspective. So it does. It never it never ends. So the paperwork is my least favorite yeah. as well. Yeah. On Fridays, that is my catch up day. I try not to schedule any meetings or anything where I have to really like focus my energy anywhere mm -hmm. else. And that's where I do all of our reimbursement reports mm -hmm. and balancing our accounting and like going through all of the the fun things. Yeah. All the fun things. <laughs> it's my least it's it sucks because then Friday's my least favorite day of the week. But then I'm <laughs> so happy once it's all yeah. done. <laughs> I believe it. So what's the number one mistake that you've seen when it comes to watching other women start out in entrepreneurship? I think just underestimating themselves. I think I, I see that more with women than men. You know, men are like, oh yeah, if I get laid off in this next round of tech layoffs, I'll start a business and I'll make a bunch of money and it'll be no big deal. And you're like, wow, that's a confident approach. Uh, and I don't think we typically see that from women. Uh, and similar to what you were saying before, I'm in a business group and it's 15 people and I'm the only woman. And a lot of my mentors and advisors are men today and they're wonderful. And I've learned so much from them, but I'm constantly looking around like, why are there not more women in the room, yes. right? Like it seems like a part of me doesn't understand it. And it's probably because I had such a privileged upbringing of like, I have brothers. My parents treated me just like they treated my brothers. Like I was no different, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the case for everyone. And not everyone has the same level of opportunity or even just exposure to the ability to start a business is something that could be an option. So I just think underestimating because probably of the lack of exposure that you mentioned before is probably the biggest thing holding people back. And I'm like, I tell people all the time, especially women, I'm like, anything you need, if you're starting a company, like come ask me. I've made probably every mistake that you can make in the early <laughs> days. So Thanks. I will give you any advice that you need. Like I will tell you all the things I did wrong. Like I just think there needs to be more of those types of conversations being had. Absolutely. The word just is one of those sticky words that holds us as women back. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started Dove and Olive and even Women's Social Club. Oh, I'm just, I just started this oh, yeah. business. I mean, I'm just doing this. And it's the narrative we play inside of our heads. Well, when you talk to yourself that way, you don't hear a man, like you were saying, like most men anyway, who are confident about going and like launching a business and even people who are, you know, for example, like fundraising and going through like the investor process, they don't even have a business yet. No, They yeah. have an idea <laughs> yeah. and 
they sell it as if it is the end all be all. Mm -hmm. And that is how we need to talk to ourselves and present ourselves and our ideas because we are amazing at so many things as women. We are so multidimensional. We're super organized and we have a really great way of multitasking and thinking about things that's really different. Um, on a case-by-case basis, a lot of times women-owned businesses make more money than men um, because of the way we approach business and mm-hmm. do business. So I think it is changing that narrative. So, And having women like you that are like, come ask me anything and I will share all of my secrets, even yeah. the ones that I got wrong. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it probably took me until recently, maybe in the past year, people ask, well, what do you do for work? And I would just say, digital marketing. And like, I would never say that I have a company or that I run a company because it just felt like- Bragging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I felt un- so uncomfortable with it. And I've had to work on that because then it just becomes- It's not bragging. Exactly. It's, it's literally like, that's factual. the reality. Yeah, this is actually what's <laughs> happening. So I should probably just say it as it is. Yes. Yeah. So what would you recommend- if someone is interested in starting out with like a business, like what do those first steps look like? What would you, how would you recommend someone get started? Yeah. I mean, I think if you have an idea and you see a need in the market, you have a customer in mind of who would benefit from whatever it is that you're looking to sell service, just put together a structure of how you're going to make money off. And I think so often than not, not to simplify it to that extent, but if you can, if you find a need and you find a customer and you can make money, you're golden. Like that, that's really what it is that simple. (laughs) And so sometimes you see that, that that's not the thought process and it's like, okay, well, these are the three things you have to have. Right. And if you have that and you're willing to work for it, I think anything's possible. And most, the best businesses, like your business came out of a need that you saw in the industry that wasn't being met. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, Women's Social Club came out of a need where I was having a hard time after moving around everywhere, like finding friends like to do everyday life with. Mm -hmm. I have amazing friends, but they aren't, they don't live close. Like it's not easy to see each other. We don't talk regularly. So I feel like when women lean into these pain points and they're like, well, what would make my life easier? What's something I wish I had? You can make a business out of anything. 100% agree. So is there anything today that you wish I'd asked or that you don't feel like we covered that you'd like to add before we close today? It's interesting. I think if if I look back at my career and kind of the jobs that I've had prior to this, The number one thing I'm so grateful for is just I had such a great opportunity to learn from so many different people, and I did seek that out, too. And I think that if you're just starting in your career, like trying to ask people to get coffee with you in your organization who are more senior or offer to help out on a project that isn't necessarily within your wheelhouse those experiences are invaluable. I am so grateful that I had so many of those types of early mentors or projects that I got to be a part of because I don't think I would be where I am if I didn't have those opportunities. But 
I think so. Sometimes everyone just thinks those are just going to come to you, and you have to go find them. So I think that for anyone who's starting out, like go jump into whatever you can jump into. I think it's so important. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. Just say I mean, if they say no or right, if the opportunity then, doesn't work out, you're still in the same place. Exactly. Like, oh, well. Yes. On to the next. Yes. Yeah. So what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you? Yeah. So um, they can follow Indie Consulting on Instagram. I'm also on Instagram at Mall Bakes. And we have a website with form submission. And like I mentioned before, I'm happy to share any advice, tips, tricks with anyone looking to start their own thing. I think it's so important and such a cool part of, especially the country we live in, where we're able to do this. Uh, So I'm always open to chat and connect with people. Well, thank you so much for coming today, for being a part of the podcast. And we'll definitely be reaching out to you from the Women's Social Club soon. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Molly Baker, CEO of Indie Consulting, which you can find at indie-consulting.com. That's I-N-D-I-E. And a few ways to follow Women's Social Club. One, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And two, you can visit thewomensocialclub.co and find the community that's closest to you. If there's nothing close to you, please let us know. And third, follow us on social media where you'll find clips of this podcast as well as Women's Social Club's events throughout the country. We're at Women's Social Club on both Instagram and TikTok and at The Women's Social Club on Facebook. This podcast is edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Hannah Weisberg. On behalf of everyone at The Women's Social Club, we can't wait to welcome you into our sisterhood. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.